0: Want to drive greater success in social commerce? With Deloitte's latest creator economy research, you can. After surveying over 500 creators and 500 brands, our insights are helping CMOs and marketing teams harness the power of content creators. And not only that, but how to do it well. See for yourself by visiting cmo.deloitte.com today. What's your greatest hope for Becca over the next three years?
1: I'll tell you, I would like to be twice as big. I would love to see one of our first cohort people become a member of BECCA. I just want it to start fueling itself. And that would become my proudest moment as a BECCA member.
2: I would say uh, build on that is that it continues. It's the great story she just said that we're creating our own events and cohorts that we stay together and continue to grow and extend the impact And that's really important over the next three years and beyond that what she describes continues to thrive.
0: Hi, I'm Jim Stengel, and I help major brands find their purpose and activate it, and the profits follow. For seven years, I was the global marketing officer for Procter & Gamble, where I oversaw the marketing of hundreds of brands. You may not know it, but the CMOs, the chief marketing officers of all of your favorite brands, are trying to connect you with your favorite products and services through purpose. And on this show, I delve into how they do it. February is quite a month. The last full month of winter, the month of Valentine's Day and the Super Bowl, and the month where we commemorate and celebrate Black History. Today in the CMO Podcast is our contribution to Black History Month. We have a very special episode centered on the creation and incredibly fast startup of an organization called BECCA an acronym for the Black Executive CMO Alliance. Becca is just about three years old and is the brainchild of founder and CEO Jerry DeVard, the former CMO of Verizon, ADT, and Office Depot. Jerry currently serves on the boards of cars.com, Dow, and Under Armour. And Jerry was a guest on this show in July, 2020. Becca is the only alliance created and composed of black CMOs and chief experience officers and it's here to address the persistent diversity problems in America's C-suites and boardrooms. It has gained incredible momentum in the short three years since founding. Its membership represents a collective market cap of about $800 billion. I am joined today by three leaders whose lives have been impacted by Becca. Gail Peterson, the CMO and EVP of Ecolab, a global leader in water hygiene and infection prevention. Delu Jackson, the CMO and EVP of home security company ADT. And Christina Marshall Valdez, a director at SC Johnson, the large privately held consumer products company. This is my story rich conversation with Gail, DeLu, and Christina. Welcome to the CMO Podcast. Gail, DeLu, and Christina, we're going to talk today about the amazing rise of Becca. But first, I would like each of you to introduce yourselves by answering three questions. Okay, and the first one is you are all at market-leading companies, ADT, Ecolab, and SC Johnson. I'd like you to talk about one thing that other companies could learn from your amazing companies. And Gail, why don't you start us off at Ecolab?
1: I'm very happy to be here. Gail Peterson, I am the CMO at Ecolab, as Jim said. And one thing that I think is amazing about Ecolab. It is a water-leading company, right? We focus on industrial water use, which is a third of the world's fresh water is consumed by heavy industry. But it pivots both from a sustainability, even internally, DE&I, about it not being about doing what's good, but about it being good for business. And so Ecolab has found a way to make water reduction profitable for big companies. And I think whenever we want something to really sustain, we need to make sure there's a return there. Because as we've all seen through the course of history, the tides come up and down on doing what is good just because it's good and not because it's also profitable and good for business.
0: We recently had on the show uh, a startup well, it's actually a nine year old company called Eighty Acres Farms, and it's a really different approach to farming. We talked a lot on that show about water usage and then the big challenge that is in the farming industry. So and I know you play across so many industries. It's amazing what your company's doing. So let's move into home security. So Delu, one thing about and I know your company reasonably well. I've been a customer. One thing about your company that other companies could learn from?
2: Nice to be here as well. Uh, DeLu Jackson, I am the EVP and Chief Marketing Officer at ADT. The one thing is the expansion of our portfolio, that we do home security, small business security, we do health, we do mobile security. So a brand that's been around 150 years to know that that portfolio of innovation continues to expand, but all with the same core premise that we make the world safer when we do our jobs well. And that's pretty exciting to be with a brand that's been doing that for 150 years.
0: Okay, Christina, you're coming in. And Christina is in Southeast Asia for this. And she's, it's 11 o'clock at night, her time. And you can't see her. I can. She looks wonderful. So <laughs> it's seven in the morning, my time. So we're all here at crazy times. Christine, I know your company very well. I was at a global meeting recently of your group. And I just love your company. Obviously, I competed against it when I was at PNG many years ago. So share in your voice one thing others could learn from SC Johnson.
3: Sure, sure. So I'm Christina Marshall Valdez, Director of Commercialization for SC Johnson, our ASEAN cluster. And I think one thing that other companies, I would say mature companies, but also newer ones, can learn from SC Johnson is wearing purpose on your sleeve. It is embedded, woven in the fabric of what we do day in, day out. It guides how we do our jobs, what we produce, the type of consumers that we reach. I get the privilege of being here in ASEAN and working on some amazing categories, including pest control, where I get to protect millions, millions, tens of millions of consumers against vector-borne diseases. And not just because I happen to sell pest control, but it's also a mission. It is something purposeful the company is committed to doing, protecting the vulnerable. So that is something that I think others can learn from us, but I think it's all also something that keeps me here, the purpose of what we do.
0: Now, let's get even more personal. I'd like you to talk now for the second question about why your company is the one you have chosen to spend your precious time with. Why are these companies a great fit for you as a leader, as a human being? So we're going to go in reverse order. Christina, you're all warmed up, so you can lead us on this question. So why S.C. Johnson for you?
3: Sure. I I think it, it did start with purpose, but also it was very clear that it's a values driven company and it's not purpose for the sake of let's create a purpose that we can market to consumers and show that we're committed to the environment. It is evident in the origins of the company, being the first earlier founders, being the first to to share profits in innovative ways with its workforce, to make sure that equity and inclusion was woven into the DNA in terms of what we do. I could see those things, but also iconic brands. (laughs) I'm a marketer, Mm -hmm. right? And I was attracted here because the brands we also create are brands I grew up using and they mattered to my family. And I, I felt like they also were brands that were embedded with great, not only value in terms of me as a consumer, but also value to the community. They were doing things, right? And I wanted to be a part of that. I wanted to be a part of the legacy of touching brands, making them even more Iconic and to sustain into the future, so the next generation can benefit from them as well.
0: And it's a what a fifth or sixth generation family company, six, which is
3: that's right, which
0: is pretty remarkable. So Delu ADT, why is this a good fit for you?
2: Yeah, it's great, and I'll follow on that purpose idea. That our mission is everyone deserves to feel safe, and if you think about that purpose and that mission. And again, when we do our jobs well, we make communities, homes, blocks, streets. Businesses right and families safer, and I'm really excited. Again, an iconic brand, that blue logo that just uh, stands out so much. And again, every community, every business that shows up, we have a mission to say we've made the world safer. That means a lot uh, as a marketer and a brand steward. In much of my career to you know have the privilege of working with a brand like that and preparing it for the next 150 years. So, pretty exciting.
0: And it's in South Florida, right? That's not all bad, too. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good in the winter. <laughs> you're right, you're right. So, Gail, why is, why is Ecolab a good fit for you?
2: Well,
1: you know, it's just like Christina and Dale said, we have a great purpose and mission, and it's about protecting people and resources vital to life, whether that's water, whether that's public health, infection prevention, and you think about what we've just all gone through across the globe, right, with the pandemic and the climate situation. And it's hard to not get behind that mission. And you see it, actually, not just with why I came, but when we do our climate results, you know, people, our highest score is I feel like my work contributes to our company's mission. That's a very hard thing to achieve. And unlike Christina and Delu, I'm a B2B company, so I don't have the brands that people grew up with, but I know I'm making an impact on those brands through the work we're doing. The reason I stay, though, is a little different. It's because it was this company that 20 years ago was a quarter of its size. It's super entrepreneurial. And we have a let's just try stuff mentality. And so I get to be really bold here. I mean, when I I came from General Mills and when I came in, I remember saying, "Oh, this company looks interesting. Maybe we should consider buying them." And people were like, "Go do it." You know, I said, "Don't I need to talk to 85 more people before we make this decision?" And and I've had just moments like that throughout my years at Ecolab that make it really exciting to be a marketer, right? We like to just try some stuff. Some of it will work and some of it won't, but it's that kind of constant push to be better and to do new things that keeps me in my role and as a marketer.
0: We're recording this. uh, I'm in San Diego and in the middle of all these floods, the storms, the atmospheric rivers. I was thinking about you as I was preparing for this show. Your services, your products must be really, really important in times like this.
1: Yes, they are.
0: Everyone's dealing with all sorts of things related to hygiene and flooding and dislocation. It's, it's really pretty incredible. What would you say is the key to success for today's CMO? If you said data, you wouldn't be the only one. At Deloitte, however, we believe data is only half of the equation. The other half, story. Story. Because data is the language of business, but story is the language of humans. And we believe the most successful CMOs know how to harness the power of both data and story. To learn more about Deloitte's CMO program and how we can help today's CMOs succeed, visit cmo.deloitte.com. Okay, now my third question is even more personal, and it's about personal inspiration. I have hosted eight BECCA members on the CMO podcast, and I'm going to rattle them off here. So I've had the BECCA founder, Jerry DeVard, I've had Ramon Jones, Nadia and white Julius Robinson, AC Agleston Bracey, Dara Traceder, Anton Vinson, and Ukanwa Ojo. And I've also interviewed BECCA members, Nigel Tita reed and Susan Summerfield-Johnson at the Cannes Festival. So I'd like each of you to tell a story about one of those people that I just rattled off, who are all BECCA members, as you are, and tell a story about how one of these leaders has impacted you, has inspired you. And feel free to play off each other, because you may tell the same story. I don't know where this is going to go. So who wants to start?
1: Well, I, I can go, because one of those leaders that you mentioned, Anton Vincent, was at General Mills when I was there, and he was much higher in the organization than I was, and he was a great mentor of mine.
0: And he's at Mars Wrigley now, right, for our audience. Yeah, yeah. he's at yeah. Mars
1: now, just doing his thing. But I remember getting lots of pieces of advice from him. But one of the pieces of advice that he gave me was he said, Gail, you're pulled through an organization, And so people need to know what you do and you need to network. Your network is your currency of second chances. And I'll be honest, at the time, I thought networking was very schmoozy. I felt almost like a used car salesman. And I had to just flip it to, I'm just going to make some friends. I'm an extrovert. I can make some friends. And he gave me this one sentence and that helped me reach out to people. He said, Gail, figure out what you want to get better at and then ask people who's exceptional at that in this organization. And he said, when you call them, you say, hi, my name's Gail Peterson, and I am reaching out to you, because I've heard you're exceptional at X, and I want to get better at X. Would you mind having coffee with me? And while I'm sure to, you know, he drops pearls of wisdom all the time, uh, he probably doesn't even remember this conversation in all honesty, but I've given it to other people. It pivoted how I thought about connecting, you know, it wasn't just about the work I was doing, but how to develop and learn from everybody and not just be overly self-reliant. And so that obviously happened before Becca. He's one of the people that inspired me to want to be part of this network because as a collective, we get a reach back and reach out to people like Christina and lift them up by sharing our own lessons learned throughout our career.
0: That's a beautiful story. And and where you started was he was much more senior than you. Yes. And he reached down in the organization and showed he cared, had advice, had time for you. I mean, that sounds pretty simple and fundamental. Not everyone does that.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, and honestly, I would say, Jim, sometimes the senior leader assumes that the junior person should be reaching up. Mm-hmm. And we actually ascribe positive traits to that, like ambition, aspiration. Well, if yeah. you're different, why would I assume a 22-year-old black girl from Kentucky whose parents aren't in business, why would I assume a VP of marketing not in my division had time for me? And so I do think as leaders, that's really the legacy that we leave. It isn't the great yeah. ad campaigns. It's It's how many people we touch who are coming behind us, and we make sure that we know that they matter not just to the future of the brand or the business, but as individuals themselves.
0: Well, you're getting at the essence of Becca, which we're going to go through in a few minutes. So, so Christina, let's go to you for your story about one of those leaders.
3: Wow. There's a there's a couple in there I could tell some really exciting stories about, including seeing Anton Vincent at Cannes at a Nas concert. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that
0: happens in Cannes.
3: (laughs) Yes. And going up to him and introducing myself as a member of Becca, future leader in Becca. And that was our first meeting touch point, but turned into some amazing conversation in other places. But I'll spare, uh, you know, invading his private memory at at the Nas concert and actually talk about uh, having Dara Treseder actually come and speak at a Black History Month event at SC Johnson, actually, hmm. a couple years ago. And she was a phenomenal guest. I mean, she is phenomenal. So many of our our, our member leaders here are phenomenal within Becca and beyond. But the the reality is she made a lot of sacrifice to make that happen, right? She she heard my humble plea in terms of needing to bring in a leader who was going to inspire our organization, especially in the wake of political unrest and a lot of social discourse that a lot of Black talent, especially in marketing, was feeling very much kind of uh, silenced, not fully understood, not fully heard, not fully valued, and not seeing enough progress with corporations in terms of moving us forward. So I wanted to make sure that I was bringing inspiration into the organization to hear from a leader who, hey, I've been there, I've navigated within an organization, maybe not exactly during this point in time, but with some of these exact same headwinds. And how did I do that? What is the mindset that we can embrace as talent of color, especially in this uncertain time as it was two years ago and and still is? And not only was she able to do that on a short timeline, but she brought the house down. It was literally the talk of the organization for months to come. It was probably our most attended streamed event internally, over 900 you know, employees in the company, not just black and brown talent, but all talent wanted to hear her point of view in terms of advancing people of color within the corporate space and also just being great leaders in spite of some of those hurdles. What actually was most impactful to me is afterwards, I said, would you be willing to actually do a one-on-one with me? (laughs) And I'm just nobody, you know, I'm just, you know, quite frankly, just an emerging talent who's eager to talk to a leader in that capacity with some more intimate experiences. And when we talked, we actually talked about sticking with the company, right? When you know that this is a place for you to stay for a while and explore new challenges and to advocate for yourself and create new opportunities for yourself versus knowing when to go. Right. Mm, Yeah. So she gave some great advice about when you feel valued by an organization, how to spot that, how to sense that. And when you do feel valued, how you leverage that as a tailwind to kind of propel yourself and create some new opportunities through allyship, through mentorship, through sponsorship. And it really helped me strengthen, I think, how I was Operating within my organization to find the support I needed to find new opportunities. So, and then of course, I was able to get into Becca after that. And so, those two things were not directly related, but I feel doubly blessed because I had her in a personal forum. Then I had her in the Becca forum, and she's been just dropping jewels in my spirit free of charge ever since. So. <laughs> You're Christina Marshall Valles. What are you saying? Who am
1: I? Of course, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <way>? exactly.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Gail. Uh, what a story! And you know, there's another fundamental lesson there. She said yes, yes. right? She showed up. Yes, that's. Right. And that's the first step, you know, saying yes and showing up to something where, you know, she was giving, right. Yes. She was giving. Exactly. And uh she she was on the show not that long ago. She's at Autodesk now.
3: Yes.
0: And it is an amazing episode for our listeners. It is the energy in that episode and the the way Dara talks about people and people leadership. It's very special. It's very special. So Lou, bring us home here.
2: Well, I'm going to start by saying is when you read off that list, when you put that group of people together, that's a pretty impressive list.
0: Yeah. And they're all amazing episodes, every single one of them.
2: And incredible. And I'd start with that, just saying what an opportunity to be connected to that incredible group on a regular basis. So it's hard to call out one, but I will go back to the founder and Jerry. One, she was at ADT at one point. And when I yep. took the job, I was inspired by the fact that she had been there. And that was great. And then after I joined Becca, she's just been a great, she's provided so much great personal time and advice to me. And decisions I've made before and since uh, just having met her. And to think about all she does, all she's accomplished, the time and energy she puts in making Becca possible and bringing all these great people together and coordinating and organizing. But she's still got time for us as individuals to ask a question, a series of questions, or hey, can I just get some time? I'm trying to make a big decision here.
0: And she does that while being on three public boards. And being very close to her amazing family, which we talked about a lot before and after our show. Okay, now let's go a little bit more deeply into Becca and why it's had such a vertical startup. You know, it's only about three years old. And I want to read its mission for our listeners because it is profound. The mission is to provide an intimate, trusted, safe space for black marketing C-suite executives to share, learn, elevate and pay it forward to create opportunity, access, and equality for the current and next generation of black marketing leaders. Beautifully said. That's about three years old. Gail, you were a founding member of BECCA, going back three years plus. Can you lead off this discussion on why this Organization, this alliance, this movement is having such a large impact so quickly, and we just heard Christina's story, a snippet of it. So you're there; you were there at the beginning. Why is this having such resonance?
1: First thing is building off of what Delu said. You know Jerry, okay? That is
0: a- <laughs> for sure. Yeah, yes, but there was yes. No yes. way
1: this wasn't gonna work, okay? Because she we were gonna put everything into it, and honestly, that made the rest of us step up too. And what was interesting about it. I, I remember where the seed of the idea was born and Jerry was on a call with another black executive organization, not marketing specific. And she said, I'm putting together this group. And I realized I don't even know all the black CMOs. And I didn't know Jerry at the time. And so I chatted her and we got to know each other. And and she kind of lumped me into this great group of 26 people. And very quickly, it was We put humility aside, right? And we all acknowledged, man, what would it have felt like if 15 years ago, when we were coming up, we could have known a group like this existed. It shows it's possible, even if they're not at your company. And my goodness, how wonderful would it be to get the collective wisdom of that group And everybody kind of brought their talents and their treasures to make it happen, whether it was, you know, getting a group to can, you know, connecting, whether it's the space donated for our meetings, just so we could build community, learn from each other, debate different ideas, honestly, get really real about it's tough right now to be a Black CMO. A lot of the Becca members have moved jobs in just three years and to create that space. And so we started getting as much out of it as we were putting into it. And you got a group of marketers. So we know how to market something, my friend. (laughs) And that's basically what everybody did. Tap into your social network, just put it out there. It's been one of the best career decisions I've made to refill my own cup, in all honesty. And to feel like, you know, it's lonely at the top. Marketing's hard. Everybody feels like they can do marketing. Right, I never give our accountants feedback on on how they're going to do the book, right? But everybody has feedback on marketing, and so to be able to go out to this group of fans and advocates has just built an inner steel that I'll never, I'll never be able to replace.
0: Well, you're already going there, but could you talk a little bit more about? It's three years in. How has this affected you personally? I mean, is there a Skill you've honed, a new network you've developed, the person you've met, the decision that that the group has helped with—all the above.
1: All of the above. yeah. So I have even the people I knew it, that were founding members. We've all gotten closer. So I have more friends. I didn't know DeLu before, right? And I could reach out to him any day of the week, and he would get back to me in probably an hour. You know, if I said I, I'm not sure about this job, I'm not sure about this campaign. So you get. It's almost just like I've gotten a panel of people that I can bounce ideas off of in a non-judgment free space. You know, I can go and say, I have this instinct that nobody else is there. Is it a good instinct? Is it a bad instinct? How much should I lean in? How much shouldn't I lean in? They also are, we bring our whole selves there. And so I've got three young kids. I've gotten advice from Jerry about, oh my gosh, my nine-year-old, is this normal? It's like my (laughs) 11-year-old didn't go through it. So you just get kind of all of the things that you've said, but we also debate really relevant topics, right? We were founded during 2020. I'm a a Minneapolis-based company, the ground zero of George Floyd. We've seen that tide change. We've talked about everybody was going to give money. Everybody was, now all those things, those promises were promises that have not come to fruition. What can we do? So it also amplifies, I think, your purposeful impact beyond what is available to you in your companies.
0: What are you most proud of in these three years about Becca?
1: I got to say that first cohort that we just watched graduate. What what do you think, (laughs) Dale? The 25 OGs, we have a two-year Becca playbook that is great content. And they have work that they do as a group, but all the BECCA members kind of come in and do different panel discussions. They get asked different questions, they get a mentor and we get to know them. And they're all just fantastic. You know, it's, it's easy maybe if you look in your own organization to be like, I don't maybe have the level of pipeline that I want or the diversity of the pipeline that I want. And then you would go and interact with these 25 people and they would just lift you up. And after two years, they all graduated. We all got to give them a standing ovation. And we're all staying connected with them. But they leaned in first. Their companies leaned in first. When Becca wasn't a thing yet, it was probably six months in. And their companies said, this is a person worth, worth investing in. And we're going to trust this new organization to help them. So that's probably the milestone I'm most excited about.
0: Yeah. Gail, you're talking about your investment in future leaders and the Becca playbook. And uh, our listeners, many may not be aware of that. So when I get to Christina here, I'm going to ask her to talk about that because she is part of the future leader program and probably your most signature initiative, you know, a Becca. Adelu, let's talk about you're a member. You're not one of the future leaders, but we're all future leaders, right? (laughs) But you've been a member. Uh, Could you kind of react to what Gail said in, uh, in how, her thoughts and feelings about Becca. And I'd like you to talk a bit about how it's touched you as a, a leader, as a person Sure, since you've been involved.
2: So one is I'd say that I wasn't a founding member, but the minute it was founded, it was recognized, noted, and celebrated. While you hadn't met me yet, we were cheering it on and trying to figure out how we could support and amplify because the mission was clear, the need was clear, and the impact was felt from the moment it went live, right? It rallied people. It was a beacon. It gave people inspiration and hope that something's going to happen. And what's great is it's exceeded what we probably could have hoped it could be when it started. And so when the opportunity came to be a member, I was absolutely, how fast can I join? How can I help? How do I contribute? And while in all of our organizations, as Gail said, we didn't have the pipeline, we contribute, I have two mentees. And we were all asked, could we have the time? You ask about, would we say yes? Absolutely. Do we find time to meet with them consistently? Absolutely. Can they call us anytime? Absolutely. But it's not just them. It's all of those 25 you described and anyone else, because the, the group has not said it's about this group. It's about the mission. And it's about giving people that whatever we can contribute to help them be better. And, and I would say that that mission is true. The last thing I would say, the maybe the, the thing that I found also is as we've gotten together, the amazing network of, that these, this group has outside of the group by the way, some amazing spouses and partners Mm -hmm. in this group that are amazingly accomplished. And we've gotten to meet and connect with those folks as well. And you realize that they're connected to our networks. So again, it doesn't take a lot to be a catalyst for amazing transformation and change, but what's happened here in this sort of small but mighty group is a massive catalyst that probably isn't always seen within the, the walls of Becca or in the scope mm-hmm. of BECCA, but outside of that is having massive impact. And lastly, I would say personally for me is I don't underestimate the fact that we're still future leaders. I my, my, my career arc's not over yet. Yeah. And so I see all of the things I'm learning from both, again, that ama- the amazing BECCA members, but also the future leaders. They're in industries, businesses, and circumstances. I learn a ton from my mentees. I learned a ton from that group of graduates and the things they're working on and the things they're accomplishing because they're all applicable to all of our circumstances and our uh, future challenges that we're going to face. So the reverse mentoring part is really important for me that that network is
0: so strong. Deidu, you have two mentees, but obviously you interact with many more. What sorts of things do you talk about with the two mentees?
2: Yeah, we talk about career development. Some of the things Gail talked about, network mapping. How do I build a network? The power of relationships, who's in that network, who can we add to that network in their companies and outside their companies? Some of them we talk about, should I go to grad school? If so, where? What have we learned over our careers on the impacts of certain schools or not schools or programs, et cetera? Mm-hmm. One of them talks to me about, hey, I have a big presentation coming up. And Here's what I'm working on and let me run it by you. Here's how I want to present it. How do you think this will land? And I share with, hey, I'm on this board of a company. And when we talk about things like this, this is the feedback we get from the board chair and those types of things. So think about these topics. Think about presenting it this way versus that way. So it's, it's all those things. And it's not meant to say there's a right answer. We're sharing experiences we're sharing insights. We're sharing things that have been successful, in some cases, haven't been, so that we can prepare ourselves for the best path forward. So, so those are the types of topics we go through. And sometimes we just talk about, you know, lacrosse tournaments and family <laughs> yeah. and, you know, just positive things that are happening in life, some positive focus. So, you know, those conversations go different places based on the needs. So, uh, that's what's really great about it. It's a safe place. And that we have this instant relationships that hopefully are trusted and continue to be trusted places for people to find what they need to get through the day, the week or the
0: month. Well, another foundational lesson in what you just shared, Delu, it it's about them. You listen first and you go where they need to go and want to go and you're open-minded, you're learning as you're mentoring, but it's about them. It's about listening and it's about active listening. So I think just a fundamental lesson for all of us in leadership, in life. Okay, Christina, we're going to turn to you. We're all future leaders, but you're especially a future leader because you just finished the two-year program, right? Yes. The Becca Playbook. So I'd like you, Gail already started this, but could you talk about this future leaders program, this two-year playbook, what it is, how you heard about it, what it was like going through it, and what difference has it made? with you as a young leader, that's a that's a mouthful, but turn it over to you to tell us about your experience.
3: My pleasure to share, because this has been a major inflection point in my life, in my career journey. And to think two, over two years ago, maybe two and a half now, when I first heard about Becca, I was like, Becca who? <laughs> and And what is Becca? And it was my president, or he was my CMO at the time, Rudy Wilson, who is also a member of BECCA, who was like, I want, to, I want to nominate you for this. I want you to apply. I think this will be great. We see your potential and we think that this program can help additionally develop that. And I was like, well, I love any type of development opportunity. And I think it said a lot to proactively be tapped for one, right? which for me hadn't happened before. I'd always had to advocate, see it myself and advocate for it. So to be tapped, I was honored. And then when I started reading, I was, I feel like my mouth was on the floor because I'm reading the profiles of this twenty-five, twenty-six founding members or the members of Becca. And I'm like, first of all, I didn't know we had that many black CMOs, Hey. Okay. Right? Or C-suite executives, which says a lot because I'm longing to see myself reflected in the C-suite to know that I, I belong there, to feel like I belong there, to get a signal that there's room for me there. And I'm looking at this page and I'm like, this is amazing. I want in. I don't even need to read anything else. I'm just seeing who's a part of this. And I, if I can just get an ounce of that influence, an ounce of that wisdom, hey, time well invested. What it turned out to be was more than just a curriculum, a career development curriculum. I'm going to repeat a word that DeLu mentioned, which is this safe space. This truly became a safe and sacred space for me, not only to learn, because I think a lot of us future leaders who went through this were hungry to just understand what should we understand that we don't even know to ask about, right? What should we anticipate that's going to be potential hurdles and obstacles in terms of just moving up and to be seen and to break through. Some things we just didn't have the question to ask and to have the proactive wisdom from this group to just pour into us was beyond imagination, beyond a blessing, beyond fulfilling. And I think a lot of our cup runneth over with that because you're not being taught by a professor who understands AI or data-driven marketing and these things, these relevant timely topics that are part of the curriculum for Becca, but you have members teaching us these things. In addition to formal curriculum that's, that's going to propel your day-to-day job, the things that are going to help enhance you as a burgeoning professional, such as building your own personal board of directors, right? What does that look like? What are those seats? How to be intentional in terms of surrounding yourself with the influence you need to break through in your industry. Intimate conversations where we can ask the sillies, maybe dumb, maybe whatever type of questions we want to stereotype our questions into, whatever box we want to put them into, where we're uncomfortable asking those things in mixed company. But we can ask them here because fundamentally, the context is understood. What my experience is is as a Black professional and the things I've had to go through and the ignorant comments I've heard and the disbelief and the disparaging things that I've heard along the way, that was understood. I didn't have to unpack that, right? And that was a sigh of relief for a lot of us, and it allowed the guard to come down and we could actually have some very open and transparent conversations. So fast forwarding uh, over 100 hours of curriculum later, right, that was I'm literally using to inform my day to day business decisions. That's how timely and relevant a lot of those topics were. I'm also using to navigate my next career move. Again, real time, I got promoted to my first director role.
0: Congratulations.
3: Thank you. And because of the influence of my mentors, Susan Somerville Johnson from Provincial, and and because of the influence of conversations we had here, I felt empowered and confident to advocate for myself at a level that I'd never done before, to ask for things because I thought I was worth it because i thought i was i was a return on investment for them. I'm showing up every day and giving the utmost the best in terms of my work. And I'm asking you to believe in me, to send me around the world for an international assignment, because I think that's what I need to unlock the next level of opportunity within SC Johnson, by the way, I want to stay here as long as possible. But in order for me to continue to drive impact for the company, I want to think bigger and more expansive. And because again, the influence of this group, I was able to influence that opportunity. And here I am, I'm on the other side of the world. I would have never imagined asking for some of the things and asking for people to believe in me the way that I feel very empowered and confident to say now. So I'm one of the OGs, one of the first 25 to graduate. I'm proud, I'm honored. I feel very blessed by that. And I can't wait to continue to give back to the next cohort, the next two. We're on cohort number three, by the way.
0: I have a lot of questions I want to follow up on, but I actually would like to turn to Gail and Dalu to react to what we just heard from Christine about her experience over the last two years.
2: And one is that's so inspiring. I mean, just so inspiring. It gives me goosebumps to know that we have a small opportunity to contribute to that type of energy, magic and progression. It's those things that she described that you said 15 years ago, what if we had that? If we knew some of these things, I was fortunate to go overseas and spend time there as well. And if I could tell, I tell my mentees all the time, if you can go get it, those are career accelerators. Those are standouts for all the things she just said, having someone who's experienced it, succeeded in it and been able to share that so that more people have that opportunity. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. And again, how to navigate it, things to think about, watch outs, concerns, someone to call when you're like, I can't believe that just happened. Yes. (laughs) Because it will occur. (laughs) I was in Japan for four years. So, you know, these things are learned and sharing those things were a big part of, you know, again, what we love to do here. So it's just inspiring. I love that story, by the way. And I love what you just shared and the success and congratulations to you. Thank and I know you. it's just the beginning, but amazing.
0: Gail.
1: Yeah, my response is, is very similar. I think my cheeks are hurting. I was smiling so much. <laughs> told the story because there's always what someone's intention, and in this case, Becca's intention was, but to make sure that that impact actually happened, right? And you hear it through your story. You went from. I got tapped for the first time to, I am worth investing in. And yes, you are. And so I think learning that lesson early enough, and you know, if you find yourself in a place where they're not willing to invest in you, there are other places that will, right? But That's you right. advocate, you found the values, you wanted to stay, and you made it. So through lack of focus, you didn't end up leaving just because they didn't see you. And I think that's amazing from I was tapped to to I am worth investing in. That makes the last three years 100% worth it to me. That one person feels that way.
0: Christina, that was an amazing story. Is there one thing that happened in the last two years in this program? An experience, a trip, a discussion, a person that stands out above everything else?
3: Oh, there's so many, Jim, that's a really hard one. But maybe I want to say what has continued to transpire. It started during the program, but my tribe, right? My 25, this original yeah. cohort. Wow. And I just got goosebumps thinking about them. It has been such a support system. I didn't realize I needed That's my other safe space. That's where in our little group chat, we can say things and share these painful moments and get the encouragement we need. If I don't even use it, but I see how people are supporting each other, I feel even more nourished by that. But what happened was we wanted even more. I mean, by the way, we've got platinum experience. Jerry and the, and the, the founding members have set the bar high. They gave a platinum experience. They said there was no compromise in terms of making you feel that you were getting the best, right? At every touch point. Our conversations were also the best. They were curated and facilitated, and we got to the root of things in really deep and meaningful ways. So we said, what if we could extend these conversations? They're so good, we could extend them. We decided to create our own retreat the original cohort has created our own retreat and we're now planning retreat number two where we're taking ourselves to a city in the U.S. to be closer to some members who are not always in some of the key pockets of the country. but going to a different city in the U.S. We're inviting leaders, members of BECCA to come and actually be speakers on a couple of topics that we want to go deeper on, that we want to additionally talk about. But also we use that time to spend time together and to talk about, okay, the growing pains of new people leaders, or what am I going through now that I've kind of broken through and and I've decided to take my talents somewhere else, but I'm trying to reestablish myself and build my credentials in a new context. We have these intimate conversations. It's so good that even though I'm here in ASEAN, I am flying all the way back to attend attend the retreat, but also to feel my tribe. Because that energy is also palpable. I'm inspired by them. Just like some of the the BECCA members who have changed roles in the last few years, a lot of us have been promoted again. We've done rotations. So to keep up with each other, it's a network I don't want to lose. And it's worth the investment of me coming back and and being present there. So that's one thing I would say I won't forget. We've been so inspired. We're trying to keep the party going. (laughs) It's the ultimate
0: statement, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: it's self-governing right. now that's, that's right. right jerry devart is going to have a lot of goosebumps at, at listening to this episode
3: she are every one of them <laughs> that's right i know can we just describe jerry iconic gifted regal like yes jerry
0: smart funny and <laughs> go on and on and on and on okay now listen uh we're three years old becca next three years each of you what's your greatest hope for becca over the next three years gail well,
1: you know what? I have not actually really thought about that, Jim. I try to just live in the moment, but I'll, I'll tell you, I would like to be twice as big. I would love to see one of our first cohort people become a member of Becca. You know, it's like I, I just want it to start fueling itself. And that would, that would become my proudest moment as a Becca member.
2: DeLu? I would say that, uh, build on that is that it continues. It's the great story she just said that we're creating our own events, and cohorts that we stay together and continue to grow and extend the impact. Because again, it was the catalyst. It was a great idea and it's actually starting to create an impact in critical mass and I want to see that continue. And that's really important over the next three years and beyond that what she describes continues to thrive.
0: Christina.
3: I mean, echo both of you. Perfect responses. I would just say the flywheel effect, like seeing that, see the momentum continue to pick up to see that virtuous circle where we do graduate members or future leaders into the membership, into the body, where people are pulling each other up the ladder. By the way, that's not always just at the leaders C-suite level, but even those of us who are here pulling each other into new organizations and giving, opening doors for each other and also making sure that we're continuing to mentor. So I just want to see the the ecosystem continue to scale but also us continue to help each other regardless of what level we are that's my hope
0: i want to flip into the last segment of this show and i usually do a creative brief you know with my guests and i always ask about what's the first brand they remember making an impact on them but we're talking so much about people and leadership and networks and impact and support and a safe place So I'd like each of you to talk about the first leader or mentor that you remember making an impact in your life. Who was that? And what was it about them that made such an impact?
1: It was my dad. And he he, he was a professor. He wasn't in business. But he said something to me that I always remember. And he said, if Gail, you think you can only learn from somebody who's achieved more, as you define that, or knows more than you, your learning opportunities are limited. But if you truly believe you can learn something from everybody, your learning opportunities are limitless. And that goes, I think, to what DeLu said earlier about also learning from those he's mentoring. And so I've kept that with me. And I think it has made me a more inclusive person, but also I'm probably much better in my job than I ever would have been if I only listened to those above me.
0: What was your dad's, what was he a professor of?
1: He was a professor of political science and he focused on, he was Nigerian. He focused on West African politics. So civil wars really interested him. Mm-hmm. The rest of us, not so much.
2: Wow. Yeah. Delu. Mine is my Aunt Pat and my mom's sister. She was a career HR transformation development professional a few years older than my mom, but she and, and uh, her husband were career professionals and extremely successful in our family. And just, I spent my summers with them and my uh, younger cousin, and it was always uh, uh, just literally life lessons and uh, how to show up well, how to prepare, whether it was in sports or anything else, and continue to this day to be my go-to mentors uh and pat and uncle paul they're kind of a thing <laughs> and uh, we spend a ton of time with them and have my whole life uh from the time i can remember and it's been again growing up in life and professional uh, so super to have that type of great leadership um, in and around me my whole life
0: what was aunt pat's best advice that she have a common saying or a common theme
2: it was literally about being prepared hmm. right in any situation, you can control how you prepare for that situation. And again, I remember going from junior high school to high school to you know going off to college, uh, and they helped see me off to my first my freshman year at Princeton. And it was being prepared for that, and they were always there
0: helping me be ready. All right, Christina, bring us home first mentor.
3: Yes, I w- I'm going to highlight a leader who had a mentoring conversation over lunch with me that I was just happenstance. This was Dana Wade. I don't know if you're familiar with the name. Dana Wade was the president of Spike DDB ad agency when I was a senior in high school. She came to my school. We're at a lecture, a marketing lecture at NYU Stern. And she's talking about diversity in advertising. And I had some classmates who were so rude, I could barely hear her speak. And I was so interested because I'd also heard Spike speak. Spike, was, Spike Lee was actually teaching at the Tisch School, and I was just intrigued by what he was doing with his ad agency. And now his president is there, and I want to hear what she has to say. And I can't hear her over people just being disrespectful. So I felt so impassioned by it. I went up to her afterwards to thank her for taking the time to talk to us. But then I apologized for my classmates. And she said, never apologize for the missteps of others. I want you to introduce yourself, tell me about yourself and ask me one thing. That's what she says to me. So I introduced myself. Now I'm nervous. I was like, I just wanted to say, I'm sorry. Right. I introduced myself. (laughs) And then I asked her, I said, how do I get into the ad industry? And then she invited me to lunch. Wow. And it changed the trajectory of my life, my career. She invited me and two other classmates to lunch. And she basically talked about what it's going to take if you're interested in a career in marketing. So free wisdom. I didn't ask for all that, but she poured it in free of charge because she saw the sparkle in the eyes of some young talent. And then I ended up working at Spike DDB and my first client, it was Pepsi. And my first, the brand manager I'm working with is Bozema St. John, who then oh becomes my. so many amazing things on her own. Literally that that one Comment to her turned into a question, turned into an opportunity, turned into a career trail a that story. I would have never imagined. And she dropped some pearls again into my my life that I didn't ask for, free of charge. So I want to be that type of leader, and so that's why she sticks out in my head, free of charge, just giving wisdom because you see the sparkle in somebody's eye.
0: All right, last question. We are in Black History Month. I'd like you to talk about a book, or a movie, or a series, or a podcast that you would recommend to our listeners during this month? And to get you warmed up, I just saw American fiction. I'm still processing that. It's so thoughtful on so many meta levels and personal levels.
1: You know, I'm going to say Bose's book, The Urgent Life. You just brought her up. I don't know if you've if all read it. You know, it's about her life and her experience. And, you know, I read it and then my husband, who was white, read it and we we talked about it and what was it was a great discussion because what was interesting was he got he could see more clearly than I could when the experience was different because she was black. And so it, it led to a very good discussion in our house. I mean it's beautifully written. As Christina said, she's done all the things. You know, it's not maybe your
3: typical answer, but I think it's worth the time. I'm actually gonna go a little rogue and encourage people to actually show up at some events this month that are actually dialogues, have participate in the discussions. I think it's great to continue to read and let's educate ourselves and re-educate ourselves, but participate in some of the discussions. I was on TikTok of all things, having a virtual conversation with fellow members of the diaspora, about Black identity. And it became powerful, right? The divergent perspectives, the diversity within the diaspora, right? And appreciating the diversity amongst ourselves during this Black History Month and recognizing that our history is not one dimensional and that you, um, and depending where you stand, right? Within our community, your experience with it was quite different. And what it reminded me of is I need to talk to my community even more and have more discussions about what we wanna do collectively to make change, to be impactful. And also to educate myself, because my experience, again, as an African-American from the South in the U.S. is very different than my African immigrant counterpart whose parents are immigrants and now has to exist within the black identity in the U.S. It's just very different. And I learned so much when I talked to those other perspectives about now now, how do we bring it together? How do we still impact change, but be respectful of the fact that we have a very different starting point, but a common destination and mind. So get out, get into some conversations.
0: Not rogue at all. It's a beautiful (laughs) thought.
2: Yeah. Well, there's so many uh, I could recommend, but one that has uh, really struck home for me is called The Accommodation. So I grew up in Dallas, Texas. And why it's so important, it's a reminder of one, the book was sort of never presented to us as we were growing up. It was almost, I don't know if it was hidden from view Mm -hmm. And as it came back out, having lived that experience to understand, probably in seeing myself in that experience, it's a humbling thing to know that it was happening all around and how much we didn't know Mm -hmm. that was happening. I I just found it fascinating. Uh, And it was recommended to me by my best friend who grew up around me because once his children read it in school, now that they're coming of age, And to go back and read it and see it uh, is is quite fascinating.
0: Hey, gang, I I hate to end this, but wow, what a beautiful episode. It went to places I didn't anticipate. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing uh, your story, sharing Becca's story. For those who have listened and are feeling as inspired as I am, what could they do to learn more? Kale, why don't I go to you for the last word as a founder?
1: Well, you know, reach out to Becca. I mean, we're very transparent. You've got all of our faces on the website, you know, and connect with us. You know, we want to help develop the next kind of group of fantastic CMOs that are going to, as Christina said, get that flywheel going. And so just connect with us. We'd be happy to learn from you and to try to give you some advice as well.
0: We'll have a link in the show notes to make it easy for people.
1: Oh, they're even better. One
0: quick. Well, thank you all. Really, this has been a blessing. Uh, all the best to you and stay in touch. Thank
1: you so much.
0: That was my conversation with Gail, Delu and Christina about Becca and so much more. We talk about three lessons at the end of the show. I think there's a just a uber meta lesson in this one, and that is the power that each one of us has to impact incredible change. This organization would not be around without the Vision, persistence, care, intelligence of Jerry Devard, and look at what's happened in three short years and the lives that this organization is impacting with their unique mission. So, beyond that big lesson, and a big thank you to Jerry Devard, I think I loved how this episode ended with the three lessons that each shared from their first mentor. One was to be prepared. We can control what we can control. If you're prepared for every situation, you've got a leg up. Second one is the power of limitless learning we're all limited. We all can only learn so much from our own experiences, but if we reach out to others, our learning is limitless. And then the last lesson was the one that Christina shared about the classroom discussion she had with a speaker and that speaker cared about her. They had lunch and it launched Christina on her career in advertising and marketing and look at what she's doing now. That person must be so proud.